0: It is Thursday. It is time for another Happening in the Hamptons podcast. I hope everybody's having a great day. I'm Andrew Dow with Saunders and & Associates, and this is your weekly breakdown of the Hamptons market. New listings and events on the East End. The Happening in the Hamptons podcast is sponsored by New York Title Abstract, the Hamptons' leading title insurance firm. Visit newyorktitle.com or titleinsurance.com. Joined today, as always, by Steve Glick, our Senior Vice President of Advertising and Marketing, Dave Rotiner, Vice President of Digital Marketing and Technology, and today, Ron White an agent based out of our Bridgehampton office. Ron, you were born and raised here in Bridgehampton. You've been in the real estate game for 20 years? About 20 Is that 20 years? years? Okay.
1: 20 years.
0: Um, thanks so much for joining us. How are you today?
1: I'm doing well, man. Thank you so much for having me.
0: So listen, so since you've since you've been out in Bridgehampton for so long, you were raised here, you're raising your family here. Um, talk to us a little bit about, I mean, maybe what the most dramatic change is that you've seen in the area since since you were a kid to, to now where you are today.
1: Sure. Um I mean when I first got into to to the real estate industry um there were a couple of deals that I was privileged to 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 transact one of which was my father's sister my aunt she was selling her house and uh, I sold it for 275,000 <laughs> and then and then literally a couple of weeks later um I was fortunate enough to, to do a deal. Um, my partner and I had listed up oceanfront property, four hundred nine Doom Road, and we sold that for fourteen nine. Fourteen point nine million. Fourteen point nine million, yeah. So so basically <laughs> you, you I saw, you know, from you know the community where I was born, born and raised, um, I saw two hundred and seventy five thousand and literally two and a half miles away to the south. I sold something for fourteen. dollars and, and, tw- and that was twenty yes. years ago.
2: So, what would both of those properties be worth?
1: Uh, so, so the, the uh, both the um, one of them sold. My my aunt's house sold yet again, huh. and that sold for seven hundred fifty thousand. Okay, and um, the the four hundred nine is not. For sale at the moment, but I I would imagine it's somewhere close to forty million. Um, uh, Now I said that out loud. I know it's not on the market, so I'm hoping that none of my colleagues will run and call and start knocking on doors. That's mine. Let me take care of my business. (laughs)
0: Um, That's man. So so your your second I guess second official transaction fourteen million dollars. That's. Wow.
1: Yep. Um then I
3: guess you were hooked from that. from
1: then on you said I, I well, think I'll stick with real estate. I mean I was I was I was hooked I was hooked already because truth be told I had the privilege of working as a paralegal or an assistant um at, at first it was paying with a little john, which Teresa Quigley and a, a partner of hers uh, started. And that was just on the second floor of the Island Schneider building that is now mm-hmm. Corkland. So um, at that time, I was literally, I was in charge of doing all the leases. So if you, I was the lease guy literally for Corkland anyone in Corkland that was looking for a lease, they came to me, I generated that lease and I pushed out. it out immediately. Um, so from there, you know, her firm merged with Farrell Fritz, which then uh, relocated to um, the second floor of Starbucks. Um, Starbucks used to be the British National Bank and um, we were up there and I would help on all of the real estate closing packages and then subsequently you would also see the checks being dispersed and then Hmm. you would see a check for to Douglas Elliman or Alan Schneider for you know (laughs) $400,000 and I'm like wait what is that for is that for the house no that's actually for the commission wait what <laughs> <laughs> so, so so, I had already started you know punching the calculator and realizing that you know four percent five percent on a five million ten million forty million dollar deal you know you might be able to do some things with that so right. it, yeah. I, I, my palate was already wet from the start knowing what real estate was <laughs> already, already about that's great
0: so what's so you you were you grew up here, but your family had been here for your, your grandfather, right my great-grandfather, your great grandfather I mean, first to come up here.
1: yeah, sure. so I mean along with uh, along with <laughs> probably a hundred other families, my great grandfather at the time migrated here from the Carolinas, Georgia, Florida, all of the southern states to to work the farms, the forest farms and what have you. So um, when they first started coming up here, to, to, to help with the, the farmers, you know, that, that grazing point was, or the harvesting was literally only two or three months at, 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 at most. Um, and over the years, over the decades, due to global warming, the harvesting year became more extended. So it really wasn't equitable for the families or the farmers for the families to constantly keep coming back and forth. Mm-hmm. Hence, you start settling. Um, prior to um families owning homes there used to be camps um there used to be camps where there was a building with 15 small little rooms and a few bathrooms and a kitchen and all the families would kind of like jam packed in there, and it would only be the people that would work here. So, any if you're not working, you would not come up. So, it's only the people that was actually working that would come to those camps. So, you would leave your, either your wife or your husband home, or you would leave your kids down in Carolina. You would work here, send the money down there to mm-hmm. make sure that they're good, and you would just work for the mm-hmm. harvesting year. And then um, they would go back to Carolina, and they would go back to it. the you know Georgia, Carolinas, you know Florida, whatever. And so you know, over the time, that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, it it totally is. Um, so, so then over due to global warming and due to the longer harvesting, um, farmers and also the, the workers kind of work together to kind of start creating plots of land to, to, for families to build on. And, you know, the uh, reg- building regulation codes and zoning was not nearly as restrictive as they are right now. So, you know, um, uh, my grandfather and, and his two brothers and, and my aunt literally built their house, built our house that I lived in. And um, he bought us half an acre for $500 at the time. Wow. Wow. That acre, every, every person on that street had the ability to subdivide the half acre into quarter acres for an additional $250. No one has. No one did it at the time because, mm-hmm. you know, getting 500, I'm sure getting $500 mm-hmm. at the time was, tough, was a yeah. very tough thing to do, you know? Um, so none of them did it and they built that their house to the best of their ability and, and they stayed. And um, once the house is done, you obviously would send for whomever wanted to come up to New York to kind of chase the American dream per se. Yeah. And, and, um, and there you are, I mean, you have the harbor Turnpike, and there is a couple of streets off of the Turnpike, whether it is Sunrise Avenue, Hampton Court, or the Bridgehampton—I mean, Huntington Crossway—that was predominantly all started with migrant workers. From the migrant workers, you know, you know, some you know got away from the farm and became professionals, started their own business. Whether it's you know, you know, clubs, there was a club back in the day called the Pinkneys, mm-hmm. and everybody would go there. It was a bar and grill, and you would go there and enjoy yourself, and you know. Whether you had a a, a a bone to pick with someone, or you wanted to, <laughs> a nice steak dinner or some barbecue ribs, that's where you would go, and it's everybody like went there. Casablanca. That, uh, <laughs> exactly, it's the, the go-to spot. spot. The go-to yeah. spot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, actually, I ended up working at that place because it turned from the bees and then it went dormant for a while, and then um, a Latin family opened it, and it was called the Suco Morena. Uh, brown sugar it was called, and it was a, a disco there, right, and I, I was a I was, yeah. a I was a I a, was a security guard there, and it was. It was mind blowing to know that my my great grandmother went here, my grandmother went here, my mother went here, and now wow. I'm working here. My great grandmother and my Jeez. mother grew up across the street from that from that uh, from that facility, that from that club. And actually, so now that place now that place is called it, it's it's being leased by a construction Gazda and Witty. There was there's a construction company that they mm-hmm. they're there now. Um, and now your kids are here. Now my kids are here. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I've an awesome eighteen-year-old kid who is uh, just uh, accepted a a four-year term at Rhodes College in Memphis, Tennessee. He's going to be playing ball down there, and I've got a six-year-old going on seven, a first grader here in Bridgehampton. Nice. Yeah,
3: that's so cool. You're, you're
1: so much has changed yeah. in
2: Bridgehampton, yeah. you know, over the years, yeah. and, it, and it's wild to and you experience so much of it. Uh, being born and raised here, having your grandparents, great grandparents—it's—it's it's a long line of family in Bridgehampton. It's pretty amazing. And you're doing a lot now with with the community yourself, right? You're—you're you're not just living here; you're giving back yeah. and and working too. Yeah, he's a huge role model. Well, I mean, well, I, mean
1: I wouldn't model. say that I was a—I'm a role model. What I would say to that is this, um, and I as I say all the time, I'm a god man. I believe that you—you you, there is a there is a higher power that helps you out, and mm-hmm. and the Bible says to whom much is given, much is required, much will be required. And and I think that my family and our people living in Birchhampton has been given a good opportunity to live in one of the best places in the world. Yeah. In the same token, I would say that it's probably the most expensive place to live in the world, mm-hmm. right? 11932, <laughs> 119662, Bridgehampton, Sagaponic, it takes a pretty penny to live here and survive here and, and have a, a comfort, you know? Yeah. So, so because I'm here and because he's allowed me to stay here, I owe it to my community to to be sure. the bridge. This is Bridgehampton, I'd like to be the bridge. There's a lot of people that come in and out of Bridgehampton and there's a lot of people that are still here. And I've been fortunate enough to be able to be that bridge. I want to introduce the newcomers that come in with the people that have been here for 40, 50 years. Because a lot of it is just, you just don't know and sometimes because you don't know, you will react a certain way. But it's not until I open my doors and you see who I am it's like wow. That guy's awesome. Oh, wow, that school is amazing, you know? Wow. Bridgehampton, Bas- Bridgehampton School, for instance. You know, many people for so long thought that, that was, we were just a basketball-dominating school, you know? Mm-hmm. I think there's not one school on Long Island <laughs> that has not uh, felt the wrath of Bridgehampton <laughs> at some point, right? Yeah, yep, yep. yeah. But, but I, I'm here, and I, I'm here to say that Bridgehampton, while we have a very strong basketball program, that school is so much more. Our school is so much more than basketball. Yeah. You know, that just happened to be something that, that a lot of really people. Is true. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Academically, um, um, support and 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 getting kids in the position to be the best version of themselves. You know, and I do know that there are families that you know whether they are paying tuition from Sag Harbor or Ross or East Hampton or Springs, and those who have moved in from the city or other places. Once they step foot in Birchhampton. The stigma about the dominating killer bees, they get a chance to taste that and see that, but they say, wow, man, there's so much more to, to Bridgehampton. Our kids are amazing, your kids are amazing. Whether it's whether it's horticulture and learning how to to man and, and service a greenhouse, to robotics, to the academia that we have there, our, our salutatorian and valedictorian of last year, they're in University of North Carolina, University of Stanford. We've got Baruch, we've got UPenn, we've got Harvard, we've got um, We've got Rhodes College. We've got a laundry list of a very high bar setting academia colleges that our kids wow. and trade schools that our kids are going to. That's impressive. I Aaron. really feel
2: your passion.
1: You man. know, yeah. well, Ron,
2: he he sits on the board.
1: You're the you're the school yeah, board the school president, president for
2: the past fifteen, 15 years since he was like twenty five. 25 so like years I I, really,
1: I want to make sure that I say that correctly. So okay. I've I've been on the school board for fifteen years. Okay. I've been a board president for nine. Wow. I so mean, I just want to make sure still, fact it's checkers, back, good, fact checkers, really back back impressive. Back. Back. <laughs> well, uh, listen, it, 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 the the people, the people are in charge of, of voting, right? Uh, and, and who they want to help, you know, balance the budget and, and 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 put our kids in our district in a position to be successful. And I, I it's completely a humbling and an honor. Um, I, I do feel that it does take me away from even making money and being the best real estate broker that I can be. But I do feel like um, there is a calling, and outside of selling real estate and doing your pr- profession, you do owe it to the people that are coming behind you yeah. and the people that paved the way in front of you to kind of get back to the most, to to the best of your ability. But you, know? you really
3: bring you bring that passion. I feel like into everything you do. I mean, any time you've uh, brought any any anytime you've brought any issue to me, you. In regards to a, a real estate problem like your brochure or whatever, mm. you are just so on it. You're so you're so intense about you know what you're trying to accomplish with, you know what's happening, and it always it, it always it always happens and within that day really, you know you you, you I'm sh- I'm sure you, focused your, pa- yeah, your passion for your clients is is
1: clear. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I've i and,
3: and you have some very serious clients. I mean, I'm i very serious people. I'm, it's like whe- kind of weird. Whether whether it's
1: <laughs> Whether it's, um, you know, because I, I, I'm also privileged to, to be a, a pretty decent basketball coach, but not only a coach, and also a trainer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a mentor to a lot of young people. And, and whatever it is that I do, I, I, I do it for the grace of God. I got to tell you the truth. And, and, that, and that he gives me that drive and force and energy. I mean, do I drop dead at 10 o'clock at night or 11 o'clock at night when I finally get a chance to rest my shoulders absolutely but it gives me that energy and that passion to get back up and keep fighting because um, cool. because it, it's worth it it is worth it and and I think it's really important to make sure that we um, continue to bridge the gap here in Bridgehampton make sure that we embrace anyone that's willing to come in or want to come in to be a part of Bridgehampton yep. and also have the word for those who are still here to,
0: to that point Ron this year I mean we've seen a lot of people making Bridgehampton and other Hamlets their permanent residents because of COVID. Um, so, what's what's that been like for you from a real estate perspective? Um, maybe from a school perspective. I mean, ha, have you seen more kids coming to the school? Have you seen more people, you know, settling in Bridgehampton and, and calling you saying, "Look, I need I need
1: to, a place to live." Is you know, what do you got for me? Well, r- right now, so we are na- people are starting finally now to be willing to open up the door and say, "Let's see what's out there." Prior to prior to the last four months whether it was school or not, because of the virtual, because it were remote, Mm -hmm. so you had families coming in and saying, I'm here in Bridgehampton and I want my kid to continue to learn. Can we enroll into the school? We'll do it remotely. Um, Now the school, I mean, Bridgehampton, I think out of all schools were probably the most impressive when it comes down to COVID protocols, getting the kids back to school as quickly as possible and making sure that everybody stays safe. And I think that that resonated across school lines, and and we have experienced an influx like all the, all, all other schools, we've experienced the influx of, of kids. Mm-hmm. Not only that, we um we're through the pandemic, we were we are ninety seven percent finished with the thirty million dollar expansion of the school. We doubled the size of the school. We have a, a brand new uh, facility, mm-hmm. cafeteria. We've got about eight or nine new classrooms, which really allows us to. Um, remain competitive, and also um, increase rigor in our in our school. Which I assume was planned
0: before the pandemic, but now, you know, if you're we, more kids... We were in coming plan
1: in. for five years ago, we, we were planning this, and um, the pandemic hit just as the bulk of the construction was happening, mm-hmm. so we were a little bit behind the eight ball with construction, because everything went, went, sure. went yep. dormant at the time, but we've been able to rally back and, and, and get things together. and you know, Bridgehampton is completely on the move.
0: I'm curious. So we, we've talked about a lot about your, your history, your family's history out here, um, your past experience in real estate. But where do you see real estate going in the future? What, what's, what's the future of real estate look
1: like for, for Ron White? Yeah. For me personally? Yeah. Oh, and that's an or, I, or just the area in general. I'm so going right? to, I mean, I, I see, I see it, it's, this, this real estate game has been going on for m- decades before me and it will continue to go on decades. And we have to continue to reinvent ourselves and make adjustments. You know, you can't make excuses, adjust, that's Mm -hmm. it. So I do feel like there are, um, the the pandemic scared a lot of people. And I think that those who were in very congested places where there was the cities and what have you, they're realizing, and now also professionals and, and companies are realizing, wait, I don't need to actually have a big overhead of a building for our, my employees to be in. I can actually have them in the comfort of their own home, being more productive yep. at home than you know having to this humongous overhead of, of buildings all over the place. So I do feel like there is going, there is a push, and will continue to be a push of people saying, "What if the pandemic ever comes back again? Or, what, what what if something else yeah, happens?" They want to have that. Security. Yeah. So so I do feel like we will continuously have homeowners here in Bridgehampton And then, you know, on the flip side, if there's no other catastrophic situations, understand that the rental market will forever be strong here because there's always people looking to come to be- come to the beach. Right. Um, and then you also have amazing people like you guys and myself who, you know, if ever anybody needs anything, we have the resources. Mm-hmm. I don't care what it is, whether it's getting a beach sticker or finding a $110 million listing that's quiet. We have what you have, what you need, mm-hmm. and and that's the key. You know, whether you are looking for a landscaper, we're going to find the local price and not the Hampton price. There's a, <laughs> there's a big difference, and I think that a lot of people gravitate towards me because I can find the real people who are looking to do real work for you, and not look to try to take you to the bank for and it take advantage and take advantage of you. And I, I think that's huge for. And I think that that is something that has uh,
3: yeah, you're one of kept the, me
1: relevant. You're one of the
3: rare local resources that exist out here that yeah. are just is just so invaluable for so many people that yeah. are not from here. Yeah.
0: Um, good stuff. Let's, uh, so from a numbers perspe- perspective, Steve, what are, we, uh, what are we looking at as far as transactions? All right, so let's in get into that days.
2: data. Let's get into the Hamptons market. So over the past two weeks, uh, there were 78 listings, seven, eight that went into contract from West Hampton to Montauk. Compared to the same week last year, there were 108, so there were more last year at this time. This time last year, we were in the thick of it with the pandemic and the influx of people migrating out here to the Hamptons. So it does illustrate a year over year decrease of 27%, but also keep in mind the inventory is low. So we're at a historic lows for inventory, which is one of the reasons why um, you're seeing the decrease over the past two weeks. The breakdown of those 78 transactions that went into contract, there was two between 10 and 20 million, one between eight and 10 million, three between six and eight million, eight between four and six, 20 between two and four, and 44 properties went into contract over the past two weeks under two million. Um, Listings coming onto the market, there were 80 new listings that came onto the market. So with 78 going into contract, it leaves a little deficit of two listings for the inventory. That's your update for the past two weeks. So there's a deficit of two. Yeah, just on uh, new listings um, coming on and off the market, but um, inventory is still low. You know, 80 mm-hmm. is, is you know, when 78 are going into contract, you know,
3: interesting. we got to up up the listings coming onto the market.
0: Dave, what do you got this weekend?
3: It's time for Happy in the Hamptons where I tell you my top three picks for the three things that I think are the best things to do this weekend in the Hamptons. All right, can't wait. All right, so here we go. So my very first pick. Is the Clubhouse Hamptons on Sunday from six p.m. to nine p.m. is going to have reggae Sundays on the lawn. And this this is going to happen all throughout the summer. Where is that? It's at the Clubhouse in East Hampton, okay. which is right by the airport, which oh, yeah. is a fantastic place. That's awesome. Really nice place. Um, but this this Sunday is going to be uh, our Hampton's favorite, Winston Irie. Uh, and but there's going to be other reggae bands throughout the summer. I'm actually going to be there this Sunday. With my family, I can't wait to go. So that is my number one pick Yum, for this weekend. I highly recommend that place. My second pick this week is also happening on Sunday. So from 6:45 p.m. to 8:45 p.m., American Beauty Cruises and charge uh, and charters uh, are now open for business, and they're celebrating the spring, t- the summertime with a relaxing sunset cruise. Oh, nice. So that's uh, really nice. You go out there on Long Wharf, and then you. Take a boat Oh, uh, right out. there in Sag Harbor. Yeah, yeah. It's still, you can't miss the boat. It says American Beauty right on it. It's been there forever. Um, so, you know, if you can't make the reggae and you want to be in Sag Harbor, go, go do that. love it. And then my third and final pick is happening on Saturday, June 12th at 8.30 p.m. And this is at Guild Hall in East Hampton, one of my favorite places in the world. Um, you can go there and enjoy the movie Life of Pi. Which is a very interesting movie. Um, my friend was telling me about it. He says it's really cool, um, and you just go there, like almost as if it's like a movie theater, but you're at but you're at Guild Hall, and you know you get the um, custodians there that you know it re- feels like you're at like a you know like a Broadway show kind sure. of a thing. So that's um, great thing to do Saturday night at eight thirty Guild Hall. You can go see Life of Pi, and that's where you will find me in the Hamptons. Oh. Back to you, Andrew.
0: Nice. Perfect. Um, guys, it was good. It was a good podcast. Thank Ron, you. I appreciate you joining us. That oh, was uh, so good stuff. Um, no,
3: I have to cut you off, though, Ron. There, there, there's one thing I have to mention. Don't do it. Ron and I used to play football together. Don't do it. Ron and I <laughs> used to play football together. He was the first string quarterback, <laughs> and I was the second string quarterback. <laughs> and I want the world to know I played football
1: with Ron. And I Listen, I got to tell you, I mean, sport, sports sports in the Hamptons and for us was everything, right? And and I think that the best people in this world were athletes at some point in their time. Mm-hmm. So you know, it, you it's nothing like running in and talking to and rubbing elbows with athletes. Um nothing against anyone that doesn't like I don't like um sports or what have you, but it, it it's a it's a true um life experience being an athlete growing up because Sometimes you can be hot and sometimes you can be cold, but the, 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 the big thing is get up and keep trying every day. And I think that sports kind of really helped you do that. And, and, yeah. and I think that's why, Steve, you are the who you are. That's why I think you who you are, Dave, and I especially know you are the way you are. You know, we, we get up every day, um, whether we hot or cold, and we give it our best shot. And, and um, East Hampton Bonnickers and, and four years of football was amazing. Yeah, we had a really nice good time. Fun. Um, it was terrifying but it was <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I gotta see some video clips I you know, got some I tape going It was pretty funny We, got yeah, some we gotta see some we of those We took it seriously though We got some good times out there We <laughs> had some really good times Both in um, track and field and also uh, football We had a good time And then obviously I played ball for four years in, um, in Bridgehampton but.
0: That's cool Hot or cold, get up and keep going I like that That's good advice for life and real estate Alright guys, thanks so much for joining us uh, To see all our listings, be sure to check out Saunders.com Once again, the Happening in the Hamptons podcast is sponsored by New York Title Abstract, the Hamptons leading title insurance firm Visit newertitle.com or TitleInsurance.com Thank you all so much for listening, I'm Andrew Dowd And that is what's happening in the Hamptons